Hello again and welcome everybody to another episode of the Feasible Film Podcast. This is episode 9 for April 12th, 2016 and my name is Chris Martin. Uh, Let's see, today on the docket we have reviews of, funny enough, uh, forest movies, one being The Hallow and the other being The Forest. We're also going to talk about the Star Wars Rogue One trailer, uh, a build-up to the the new Captain America movie, Civil War, and we'll get to the uh, Jungle Book pre-watch picks that's coming out this weekend. So let's go ahead and get things started here. Um, The first movie um, that we're going to review here is called The Hallow, and it's kind of like a mix-up or a mashup of a bunch of older movies, namely like Alien, The Thing, um, Pan's Labyrinth, uh, Evil Dead. So it kind of mixes together some themes here and there from each each one, um, kind of being isolated in like a um, in Ireland and like an old cottage, and uh, there's a family that moves in, and um, they just had a uh, newborn, and one of them is a. Uh, 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 one of the parents is a natural, uh, uh, what do you call it, um, conservationist. And he goes out into the forest and, like, you know, tracks animals, takes samples, and is, uh, you know, kind of putting together um, just like a book or some kind of manuscript on different types of species and how they interact with one another. And, you know, on on his findings in this forest, He's finding that there are little organisms within some of the animals that he finds that are dead and that they are kind of mutating and uh, they call them changelings, I believe, um, about halfway through. But it kind of tackles like a a family drama at the beginning, not unlike, you know, kind of the movies uh, over the past couple of years, like I guess like the Babadook. But you know, the Babadook really dwells on, you know, the uh, psychological side of the horror where, you know, the the one big buildup, you know, you're waiting for like creatures and things like that to show up and kind of terrorize them. And, you know, it happens eventually, but, you know, it takes a while because they're, you know, uh, building more on the psychology side. And this one just kind of uses that as like a landscape. You know, they set it up within, I guess, like the first 15 or 20 minutes and it doesn't really, uh, you know, get going until about... 20 30 minutes in but i'm fine with that because there's a little bit of terror um a little bit of tension on that build up to that uh 35 minute mark and kind of what um you know just in the past couple years as far as horror movies go you know we've gotten sort of on this path of you know just the cheap jump scares you know i've talked about it many many times before but you know, it seems that you have to have, you know, a central character and it has to be like a, you know, some like water stricken character that has their hair down in their face. And, you know, the camera just like zooms up to it with like quick cuts and, you know, it shows some CG face with blacked out eyes or a blacked out mouth that envelops the camera. And, you know, it's just happened so many times is completely ridiculous. And, Although this movie does have that one cheap jump scare in it, just like the forest does, that we'll talk about later. Um, it's it's towards the very end, and if you walk out on the credits, you won't even see it. So, um, you know, they really couldn't hold back on that. But otherwise, what really intrigued me about the Hallow is the craft involved. You know, 
the the creature design the uh, different settings and you know just the overall um feel of it you know it has it has you know the uh kind of the feeling of the thing you know they're like in an isolated uh town you know no one really likes well you're only introduced into one other one or two other characters but you get a sense that the town doesn't like what the uh the conservationist is doing out there in the forest and you know people warn them not to go out there and uh so uh you know of course they he does go out there and you kind of see the creatures but um yeah like i was saying the creature design is great um the filmmaking is fantastic there i know they used a um a digital you know they, they filmed it digitally but it, it has like a an old-timey feel and i think that's mainly because they use mostly uh prosthetics and like people in rubber suits you know as other than you know doing like full-on cg that you know movies like like troll hunter or those bit like the uh tons of bigfoot bigfoot movies that have come out you know or 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 dark skies or any any of those like movies in the past couple years that just rely heavily on cgi for their characters and you know their creatures and their aliens and whatnot at least this one kind of sticks to more of a prosthetic feel and it definitely shows it definitely looks a lot better and you get the kind of you get the same feeling that you get in you know the thing um alien to an extent um evil dead definitely has a big evil dead um and um it's kind of like yeah it's like you took it's like you you don't know you, you baked a pie with like evil dead alien pan's labyrinth some Shyamalan, um, and, uh, like the thing and like kind of just took slices from each one and throw it through them on scene. And you can actually, you can definitely tell, and that's kind of my main problem is you can definitely tell here and there where, um, they get their influences. And so, you know, they rely a bit too much on homage. So, um, it's like, they were sitting there and they had the idea or like let's do a home invasion part you know similar to signs and let's do like a car starting part similar to most horror movies and you know where they can't get the car started and you know let's do let's do a sequence where we're testing slides and you know showing how you know the bacteria or or whatever the little alien thing egg or whatever it might be is infecting its host you know and you know you have like the thing or and then it has kind of like like I was saying like the family tension sort of like an alien you know at the beginning where you know the crew you know wakes up from their sleep and they're you know you're just kind of catching up with the crew and seeing what they're doing and then all hell breaks loose so um it's very similar and you can actually wears it all the homage is it wears it all on their sleeve on its sleeve all the way throughout and that was kind of my big pro big problem with it it doesn't really it doesn't really um, hit you over the head with any type of crazy plot, which I like. Um, but it also doesn't give you any type of insight as to why you should care about what's happening to them. I mean, other than the crazy things that's happening on screen. And um, also, the way that the, uh, um, the creatures are attacking them... I mean, there's just a line that's thrown out to, as to why. I, I don't want to, like, spoil it, but there's, like, a, just one or two lines that are thrown out as to why they're attacking him. And they reference kind of like a nepro Necronomicon from uh, uh, Evil Dead. Um, you know, there's a book and everything like that. You know, it has, you know, kind of like a dark fairy tale tone. 
And so, but all, other than that, it's definitely pleasing. Like it has its tension. It has its, you know, core rooted in the right place. And it definitely, if you've seen all of the classics, you know, like, and then some, you know, even the indie classics, I guess, of the horror times, you won't get much, like I was saying, you won't, won't get much about the story or the setups, but what you will get is really, really good filmmaking. You know, the whenever they show the creatures, there's like a blur to them, and their eyes have kind of like a twinkle or like a gleam to them, and like the actual prosthetics that they use are slimy looking, and and the overall creature design actually looks really, really good. So all in all, the realism's there. It's just kind of the CG work is very questionable there towards the end. And it's almost like they just couldn't help themselves. They had to have, you know, the payoff wasn't big enough. It's like they had to have the CG, you know, in there. And the CG is just doesn't look that great and kind of takes you out of the scene. And it's so sad because it's right at the end. You know, it's like within the last like four minutes. And you know it's you know it's coming, you know you know there's going to be some special effects sequence, but it could have been easy just to leave it alone, you know. And uh definitely if you're going for a feel, you know, that was throughout the entire movie, like the first hour and twenty minutes and then that last five minutes you have that one or two sequences, it just kinda of, you know, it's just unnecessary in my opinion. But overall, you know, I gave it a three and a half out of five and I would definitely recommend seeing it. You know, if you're looking for something as far as horror goes, that's not overly original, but it looks nice and you can appreciate the craft. This is definitely one to go for. Now, now the other movie is definitely, definitely the other way around as far as my opinion goes. And it's The Forest. And what really boggles my mind is with the forest it got a theatrical release you know it was released everywhere and the quality of this film is like the quality of like a a video on demand or something you'd find you know just released online or they don't even have the budget to release it on blu-ray or or put it even put it in stores you know it just only comes out on like your horror channel or your sci-fi channel things like that that's the type of quality that we're that we're working with here at the forest and you know the hallow doesn't get a release it definitely deserved a release in the theaters you know you know not unlike i guess the witch you know they they definitely um deserve to be in in the in on screen whereas you know the forest i mean it was just terrible it's got um um god her name escapes me now it's it's um it's the lady from um game of thrones uh it'll come to me eventually <laughs> i'm so terrible with names but um she they're they're well basically the story is there's twins um they're twins one of one of the twins runs off in uh japan or is it china and they yeah i believe it's japan and they run off or I'm sorry, one of them runs off and she's kind of known for doing these, pulling these crazy stunts. And apparently there's a forest that if you go in there, you know, your fears are brought to life and you never return. And so, um, she is, um, 
so the so I guess the quote unquote sane twin goes to look for the the sister that was lost in the forest because she hears she goes over there, so she flies over and hires a guide and goes into the forest to look for her. Now there is a litany of problems with this movie, and I'm trying to think about how I can explain it without spoiling, but it just has your typical setup your typical middle, and your typical end. And it feels more like a job, like, you know, just getting the movie out, you know, just saying, like, like giving the movie to, like, a non-horror director. I don't, I, I didn't really look in to see what the guy's done before this. Oh, no, the guy that wrote it, I believe, before this wrote the uh, 30 Days a Night, Dark Days. So that kind of gives you a sense of what you're dealing with here. But the... What I don't get is why this would appeal to a studio to release in the theaters. You know, um, there are some interesting. I guess there's one interesting shot that they actually use for the marketing, and the poster looks really cool. So I think that this movie really sold everyone on the the poster and the one sequence in the forest. I mean, in the in the trailer. I know it kind of you know sold me in a way, but you know I'm a sucker for horror, so. I usually see almost everything, but the the acting was terrible. The actors that they got involved in the movie is terrible. A lot of the um, Japanese-American uh, actors that they got, I just couldn't understand what they were saying. I didn't know the motivation for anyone going to help them. And you can definitely see where the movie's going to end, and that's the biggest problem with this is... The, the the poor CG, the execution, the flashbacks, um, the way in which she searches for her sister just doesn't make any sense whatsoever. Um, there's actual, like there's a sequence where she's in the forest with her guide, and the guy and the guide's like, well, let's just go back, you know, I, I don't know, I mean, they've been hiking, what, nine, ten hours, I guess. You know, it'd take nine or ten hours to get back. They find out where, supposedly where the sister was staying in the forest. And the guide recommends the sister to, you know, go back, get together a search party, bring in helicopters, bring in whatever they need to try to find her, which sounds, to me, sounds like the most, (laughs) the best way to go about it. And yet, you know, she doesn't want to. She'd rather just stay there. They know where she is. They know this is her campsite. All we have to do is wait till morning and go search for her. Even though that's her campsite and campsite and the sister's not there. And, you know, and they're calling out and they don't hear anybody and there's no one there. And there's another guy that's with him that, or I'm sorry, there's a guy that's, the, the guy that's with him leaves and says, you know, oh, you guys are crazy for staying in here overnight. You know, nobody ever returns overnight. And, all these people know about this forest, I guess. You know, it's just a place, I guess, where people go and commit suicide. Who knows? But there's people on strung up on trees with bags over their heads. Um, there's just ri- a ridiculous plot point at the end that ties it all together. And it's just... Y- it would just be nice to see, you know, a marketed horror movie that isn't just at face value. And... I know a lot of people argue about this with horror movies, and it's one of the reasons why, you know, they aren't brought to the forefront 
more so than other movies like comedies and stuff and that's the fact that they all really use like the same tropes over and over and over again and anybody or i'm sorry any film that gets kind of like this quote-unquote blumhouse stamp is just destined to 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 be either mediocre or, or terrible because they almost like almost like a bad comedy um, you have like you know the characters that are just like walking joke machines, and you know they don't really know how to write for the characters, you know, other than something that's a little bit more uh, natural as far as the comedy goes, like you know, like Anchorman, something like that. I mean, you know, not all the jokes hit, but you know, there isn't just uh, like a like a somebody just showing up, just doing nothing but like gag, like crazy gags and stuff like that. And uh, the uh, but so on this, it's like they they. They were sitting around and they're like, all right, you know, here's a horror movie. You know, they're in the forest. It's going to be cheap to shoot. Then there's going to be minimal CG. You know, we can shoot at night. You know, it's it's just all the pluses. You can just see all the pluses going off, you know, and especially the people that are funding and are saying like, oh, this will cost us hardly anything to make. And, you know, if we market it right, we get people in to see it, you know, day one, we should make our money back, if not a little bit more. And, you know... Definitely, like, you know, I would say horror movies make most of their money when they come out to video or, you know, they come out, like, to rent just because they're more, like, especially movies that come out, like, around the summertime, like, right around or or the beginning of summer. Just because everybody nowadays is kind of waiting for the summer blockbusters to come out and they're not really that focused on horror. You know, it's usually October, November, somewhere around there, somewhere around there. And, um, so like I was saying, it's just terrible writing, um, terrible reveals and just a horrible ending. And like we were saying before with the hollow, it just has the, the creature designs in this is, it's, I mean, it's not unlike, I guess, like some movie like the strangers, but they they dwell too much on you know the the bag over the head or the blacked out eyes that come toward the screen you know it's just getting utterly ridiculous utterly ridiculous and it's just nowadays it's just something that definitely needs to change it, you know we need to come out with something that's not a standard s- scare but you know ha- come up with a new idea you know come up with um like try something new and it seems that most people, you know, when they deal in movies like this where it's, you know, somebody is possessed, that's the go-to. Now, if there's something where it's like a big creature or, you know, monster or something like that, it's a little easier to pull off because you can come up with something, you know, new and interesting like in Monsters or, you know, uh, like the Babadook, you know, something that's a little bit more on the, like the fairy tale side or, you know, something that's more grounded in reality and just changing it a bit or not showing it as much and... You know, we need to steer clear of just like I was saying, these blacked out faces that come towards the screen. It's just absolutely ridiculous. So anyway, um, you know, just just terrible. I mean, the pros, it's only an hour and 30 minutes, and I'd say the cons are just, you know, the absolute worst in all your horror tropes. And uh, i definitely steer clear of this one. I'd, I'd give it a 1.5 out of 5. And as far as, like, you know, horror movies that, rely in the forest or you know the park or something this one's you know really 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 at the bottom of the heap you know um 
go see, uh, yeah, go see Troll Hunter, go see The Hollow, um, go see Eden Lake, um, go ch- catch up on some of your Friday the 13th that you've missed or hadn't seen in a while. Um, you know, movies like that, you know, just so much, or The Evil Dead or Cabin Fever, any of those the movies that are in the forest are going to be so much better than this. Absolutely terrible. Definitely don't recommend it. So let's go ahead and uh, move on to the uh, Star Wars Rogue One trailer. Now, I wasn't a big fan of Force Awakens, and, you know, I shared my opinions, you know, on... You could check it out on Letterboxd or, you know, go back uh, to one of the previous podcasts and check it out um, on our Star Wars uh, special. When I reviewed it, I believe it was episode two um, or episode three, I think. Uh, but, yeah, you can go back and check to see see what my thoughts are with that. Uh, you know, I just uh, – just in a nutshell, you know, I, I thought that, you know, we'd seen too many rehashes, you know, and, you know, to do the Death Star once again, to bring in the characters like they did and kind of just brush over all their parts and not really explain anything and just kind of – use the movie as a vehicle for the next movie, just like Abrams did with the Star Trek film, doesn't really do much for me. And the setups and um, some of the actors, uh, especially the Kylo Ren character, just, you know, rubbed me the wrong way. And, and uh, I, you know, I, to me, it just didn't really get me, get my juices flowing, I guess. And so it just didn't seem like a Star Wars movie to me. It just, I mean, I, I know it had all the, the, the characters and things like that, but, I mean, just like, you know, you were hit over the head for the two or three months leading up to the movie with the marketing, it's like, it's just a marketing vehicle now, you know? It's sad to say, but, you know, I think the older characters are in there, you know, of course, to bring in the newer ones, but, I mean, Han Solo, I guess, was the best part of the entire movie, and they just weren't given anything new to latch onto. It's just the same exact shots, the same exact themes and the same, same exact setups as, you know, the original movies and especially dealing with the Death Star. And I know when Rogue One was announced, you know, and there was about, you know, the first team that went in and stole the plans for the Death Star, I was like, oh man, not again. You know, we're going through the Death Star yet again. But, when the trailer dropped, it's actually looks really, really awesome. You know, we aren't given a lot. You know, they're introducing, they have an introduction of every character. But it seems like, you know, this is like a group of mercenaries that are just going to kind of go in and kick butt the whole time, you know, and fight, you know, and use um, use the other, icon, I guess, use the other iconic uh, set pieces of the move, of the films and, um, you know, the machines and things like that to really like the ATST or the ATAT, the ATST, you know, to bring in, you know, some, some action. And it looks like it's going to be more of like an action film, um, some kind of like a, I don't know, like stealth action or, or, uh, uh, you know, maybe just like a straightforward action movie. And I'm fine with that, you know, and as long as, it kind of, you know, 
just you know just sets sets it up it sets the I, I believe it's just there to set up the first movie and if it does that i'll be fine you know i mean if there's a rogue one and a rogue two and a rogue three and a rogue four you know and it just keeps going on and on and on it might be ridiculous but you know we kind of have to wait and see you know how the uh, uh how the plot is you know that'll really be the deciding factor and um just knowing that it's the team going for the death star plans yet again just like with force awakens and the Death Star, you know exactly where it's going to end. So, you're really—it's really about the journey. It's just like in Force Awakens. Like, I'm more excited about the journey than where it's going to end up. I know when the movie comes out, you know, when the trailers come out, it's like, oh, look at these Easter eggs. Look what they put here. Look what they put there. This is what it's going to mean in two movies from now. This is what it's going to mean, you know, in you know the next five movies. Or is this person this prince person's father? And None of that interests me. I, I, I just interests me right now. I just when you the movie is presented to you, I'm not so much worried about what's coming up and thinking ahead. I just want to see. You know, I just want to get the best movie that they can write at the time um, that makes sense to me. And it's just like in Batman and Superman, or Batman versus Superman, or whatever. Batman v Superman. They and especially listen to interviews with the producers and Jack and uh, uh, Zack Snyder afterwards. It seems like they're more focused on keeping all these little bits and pieces of spoilery stuff out of it, or or bits and pieces like, oh well, you know, this character is going to show up here, or we don't know what this character's thinking, or we don't know what this uh, daydream's going to be about, and they know they're just being coy with it, and that doesn't interest me whatsoever. I don't want to be able. I. I mean, if I can't fill in the blank to what I'm watching now, why? Why does that matter to me? Why do I have to go further on? You know, watch two or three movies from now just to say like, oh, well, that's why that makes sense. You know, they. They. If anything, I'd like to see the end first and then go back and build towards it or something like that. You know, just give us what's going to happen at the end and and give us the journey. You know, I mean, what if. <laughs> What if they would have done something similar to like that in the Matrix where he takes the red or blue pill and it cuts and you don't know what happens to him and then it it, it it goes like 30 or 40 minutes into the movie and you're still wondering, oh, what, you know, what did those pills do to him and what which one did he pick and, you know, and, and things like that, you know, and all these questions that you need to build the story. You need it there and, and you know, it had no problems writing, you know, doing three movies, so... I, I Everyone, it seems that, I mean, just looking at, like, when news stories come out and when trailers and YouTube videos come out, it's all about, oh, man, Ant-Man's in the background or, you know, Dark Side is, there's a logo on the bottom, you know, so that must mean that he's going to be in the next movies. or And that, to me, is just, it doesn't, like I was saying, it just doesn't help move the movie along. It doesn't help you get excited. I mean, some people, I guess, but the if you do it more like Marvel does, where it's kind of like these fleeting things, like Howard the Duck's in there, and you know, and the dog in the spacesuits there, and you know, just these little things that are kind of homages, that's fine, you know, something that doesn't, that's never going to be in the in the story, you know, just these little bitty artifacts where it's kind of a wink to the camera, that's fine, but when you're winking to the camera about 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 plot points that are coming up that that's what gets me and that's what really really grinds my gears so 
I would definitely am not excited about that um, portion of like you know where Batman's going. But Star Wars just looks like it's going to be you know just a really cool, straightforward action movie, and I'm definitely okay with that. And so, moving on. Um, so let's just go ahead and get to the last portion here. Um, so the Jungle Book pre-watch picks this week since it's coming out. Um, let's just do you know a quick three here. Uh, number three would be um, the uh, Robin Hood. Well, actually, all these are going to be animated movies. And, you know, I just thought that they would, you know, just thinking of the Jungle Book and, you know, kind of what it means to me. I was trying to think of, you know, just a couple movies that might uh, kind of bring in the same type of camaraderie with, you know, uh, like different style characters and things like that. So I'd say the number three was um, and still one of my favorite uh, Disney films is the Robin Hood from uh, what 1973 you know like I was saying you know it's it's your average Robin Hood story but you know it deals kind of like in the Jungle Book it it it's there's a loner in, in Robin Hood that kind of meets all these interesting people and helps everybody out and you know and has you know just a really cool journey and you know it's really like a positive movie and then number two would be The Lion King there's nothing to really go over it. You've definitely seen it. It you know, you know, parents die or are killed, and Simba goes out and meets up with Timon and Pumbaa, and it's kind of like almost exactly well, very similar to the Jungle Book, and they kind of take him in, learn, a, teach him a new way of life, and kind of go from there. And then he has to confront his past, and and then number one is Iron Giant, and what can I say about that? I mean, it's the animation's fantastic, the story's fantastic, and I heard they might be doing a remake. I have to go back and check on the progress of that. But, uh, yeah, I mean, definitely one of my favorite movies as far as animated goes. And one, you know, that would tie in, I guess, okay with this. You know, another one might be Jumanji. But, you know, it's not as good. Maybe Night at the Museum. I don't know. The, these these kind of, like, hit a little bit more home for me. So, you know, I would definitely, like, if you've definitely seen probably at least Iron Giant Lion King but if not go check out Robin Hood it's really good as well and so I think that about does it and brings us to the end of the show um, next week I'm not sure what I'm going to review next week um, I want to try I'll try to get in um, The Witch possibly uh, I might review that and um I don't know. We'll kind of see. I have to go and check and see what's coming out. But um, yeah, we'll 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 see here. And uh, so yeah, thanks for listening. Um, follow me on Twitter at uh, Lee Van Martin. Um, visit us at iTunes at Feasible Filmcast. And if you wouldn't mind, you know, sharing this podcast to whoever you might, you know, on your news feeds and your Twitter and your Facebook, whatever, you know, just to get it out there. Um, uh, go to um, you know iTunes if you wouldn't mind and do like a review, you know, and just give your thoughts on it, you know, and uh, also shoot me emails at uh, feasiblefilm at gmail.com. You know, I'd like to do more of like a question uh, segment where we can you know talk back and forth with listeners and whatnot. So yeah, email me. It's um, it's feasiblefilm at gmail.com is the address again, and. That about does it, and until next time, stay feasible.
cryo-sleep.